0: Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Halen McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life. Through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, I am here again in Santa Barbara in my uh, my little like uh, I'm calling it a she shed now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my backyard. And um, I am joined today by my new friend, Johnny Reason. Mm -hmm. Hi, Johnny. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it feels y'all, it feels so good to be recording some podcasts in person now. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I love your fluffy pink floor. and It's cozy in here. I see the the she environment and I resonate. (laughs)
0: He's like, I could, I could, I could get cozy here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazing. Well, um, So as I have been just uh, grounding and really like integrating my life here in Santa Barbara, um, you know, one of the, one of the desires that I have that Angel and I really have is just around um, creating conscious community and, you know, finding people um, that have similar values to us. And uh, honestly, we just want to be surrounded by people who emanate love. Mm -hmm. That is really, at the end of the day, our desire. And so Johnny has come into our orbit. Um, If you listened to episode 64, so a few episodes ago, um, you'll remember I had Elisa and Hannah um, on the show. And those are, you know, two amazing Tantricas, uh, who also live in Santa Barbara. And, um, so they are two of Johnny's partners. So I met them, talked to them, bonded with them. And, um, of course, you know, on the, on that episode, they, um, you know, talked about Johnny and their relationship and, and really like, let me, um, let me just feel them. And, um, so a few weeks later, um, I ended up meeting Johnny and, um, and I just said, okay, well, I gotta now have Johnny on the show (laughs) for this to be, you know, full, full and complete. Um, So thank you for just being like a man of love in Mm. Santa Barbara. That's I it's like, I'm just getting to know you, but that's really like who you are to me.
1: Mm. Thanks, Kaylin. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for feeling me and seeing me and having me on the show. I'm excited to be uh, honestly interrogated. That's (laughs) that's what's coming through to me. (laughs) Um, yeah
0: he's like interrogate me like, okay well you know i'm a little more feminine than interrogation but you know we're gonna go with like feminine curiosity all right there you go <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm i'm really excited to, to see what comes through um in this episode because i think you know i don't even know johnny's like full you know life story Um, but you know, the pieces of it that I've heard, I'm just like, this is fascinating, you know? And so I want to, um, I think, you know, I want to, I want to have Johnny share a little bit about his story and just how he got onto this path of, you know, conscious divine sexuality. Um, and then I think there's some other topics that, you know, that might want to come through just about like masculinity in the world, um, about like what it's like to hold multiple women, you know, in polyamory um and really just everything that you know you've learned along the way so Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just open to whatever wants to come through Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so um okay y'all when i was at so i went to johnny and hannah and elisa's house a couple weeks ago and um Johnny showed me a photo of him. From when was that from? Like 7 or 8 years ago?
1: Yeah, there were two, <laughs> two. One was when I was around 20 years old and then okay, around yeah. like 28 and then
0: Okay. Uh. So I just want you to like like the man I am sitting in front of right now is like conscious, embodied, grounded. Like just bursting with love, you know, serene, peaceful, like I can just see all of these things emanating through you. And when I saw those photos of the man that you were mm-hmm. before, right, very different. Yeah. <laughs> So I would love for you to just take us back a little to like the bodybuilding, Johnny, and, you know, sort of some of your your previous like identities and lives um, to just ground us in like sort of where you've come from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like rewinding back to my childhood and even like four or five years old um, and seven, eight until I was about 11 years old. Uh, I was very feminine and a uh, very emotional mama's boy and um, also super sexual even at like four years old and used to like play with my butthole and um, like you know then I was kind of caught being sexual with another boy and was like basically um, my mom caught me and was you know emotional about it and then kind of explained to me what it is to be a man or a boy what it is to be a girl and like kind of like gave me a programming of what was right and wrong
0: oh my gosh Wow. And you just, that's, you know, I just love children
3: because <laughs> they're so, <laughs> yeah.
0: they just like, they're like, oh, I don't even know. Right. right? Up and, you know, it's like we only learn all of this conditioning, right, as it's like placed onto us. But there are periods of time where it's like, oh, I have no idea like about this or that or the other thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like the most innocent thing yeah. to just follow your desire. Yeah
1: pure erotic innocence.
0: Wow. Yeah. And so what age was that?
1: Um, I mean, honestly, from my memory around four years old when when it mm. kind of started and that occurrence happened. And then after that, I still connected a few times with friends. I felt more safe with boys um, and but felt a lot of shame within it.
2: Mm-hmm wow
1: and so when i was about 11 years old my brother being uh 4 grades older and it being a like, kind of a drastic um like generation so to speak like that that age gap between you know 10 and 14 you can really start to to grow up right yeah and and so and i wanted to hang out with big brother and all of his friends and they where we were growing up um part of like the prospects of the hells angels and like that type of uh world and the the avenue in ventura it was a little it was and growing up that was in the the 80s the late 80s um it was uh in the early 90s into the early 90s and it was unsafe to be in my feminine energy. And so what they wanted is for me to be aggressive. And I also can be very aggressive and I'm very confronting. And Mm. so I started putting on armor and starting to fight and do the things that, you know, these people like found fond of me in, you know, just a bunch of mischief and Mm. stuff like that. And really started Mm. buying into that culture of being the badass, so to speak.
0: Oh, wow. And what like what was it like or what do you remember from that period about like your relationship with your feminine side?
1: Yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, being a child, I really wasn't like conscious and aware right. <laughs> of it. Um, yeah. But I do remember how it felt. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm definitely primarily like attracted to women more so at this point still than men, but like through this de-armoring over the last seven years or eight years, I, I basically had a psychological breakdown, the matrix would call it. And, you know, yeah. in, in the spiritual community, a Kundalini awakening, um, I had a complete shift in my reality and my mental programming and got, in touch with this inner intuitive self and my feminine essence uh, about eight years ago. And then all of those programs and emotions started to release and, and crumble.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, so from there, so it's like you sort of fit molded yourself to like fit in with your brother's friends at mm-hmm. a certain point. Um, and then sort of what happened next on your journey
1: Sure. So, yeah, I began to uh, cultivate my testosterone and anger and channel it into lifting weights and uh, became, you know, very strong. And at 20 years old, I was 225 pounds, bench pressing 365 (sighs) pounds and um, like 19 inch arms. And so just so many layers. Wow. And it's interesting how the psyche and Uh, experience happens as when you you get used to things and the more you're in a certain energy it's like okay this just is the way it is and I was purely identified with my emotions and my thought and there was no space around it
0: wow yeah it was like you created an identity
1: right exactly really strong ego yeah yeah
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is something I've really been looking at recently. Just, I mean, you know, we all have some form of identities and to the extent that we like cling to that, Mm -hmm. like that is where we like, I think we just lose ourselves.
1: Yeah, I was completely closed. I was very intellectually hardened as well and capable of, you know, I got, when I tried, I got 4.0 in in school very easily. And then I stopped caring about that and started, you know, doing other things and, you know, even uh, selling uh, cannabis when I was in um, in high school and then started making a lot of money doing that. And then uh, started to actually fix computers and got into computers. My dad bought me one, and so I went down this very um, gung-ho path line through uh, computers. And That was my first business, was uh, a managed service providing company, fixing computers, doing networks, Mm. and it evolved through two other companies beyond that. Um, as an entrepreneur. So I've never worked for anyone else. Mm. And so that's kind of what I'm extending out to the ladies now and others who resonate with what our mission is.
0: Mm. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's just so um, yeah. This thing about identities, I just keep sitting with this because it it is so wild to me. Like I don't know that version of you, Mm -hmm. right? I only know this man that's sitting in front of me now Mm -hmm. And so to just, it is so wild to like imagine, but the thing I'm like, I'm really getting even just from like this conversation at a higher level, is like, uh, you know, I can really feel the way that you like pour yourself fully Mm -hmm. into whatever you're into. And so at one point that was weightlifting Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I'm going to be the best weightlifter. You know, so it's like, I really, I'm just really getting how like we can pour ourselves into our identity and our ego, mm-hmm. you know, and all of these like external things that we mm-hmm. think we want right. and it produces something, right. right? And then we're like, okay, at the end of the day, it's like that empty feeling of yeah. like, isn't there more? Right. But then I really just see the way that you're, you've like turned towards love and spirituality and poured your full self into that. And then what is possible? You know, it's like, where are you putting your attention? Right. You know, so, yeah, I'm just so present to that in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hmm. So what? um Well, I just got to know about your memories of like weightlifting Johnny, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that guy. Who Mm -hmm. was that guy?
1: Well, the interesting thing is, is I feel as a a feminine soul in an alpha male body. Mm. And so I default to observation and receptivity and more like of navigation, uh, receiving people's uh yang even if it's in the female gender and uh you know the desires to create and then i help orchestrate hold energy and help move those things forward in collaboration and so um in uh in my past i was able to cultivate my masculine energy and focus on essentially like this, this rage that's inside of me. And that's like testosterone Mm -hmm. and everyone has the capacity to do that, but there's actually like fear of rage, Mm -hmm. right. Or anger, or that's something that's wrong. And it can be, you know, if it's projected onto someone or used in an abusive way, that's, you know, can be detrimental, but I harness that to use that to lift weights and to really, um, empower those around me too, who were wanting to lift weights with me. And so, you know, the people that were wanting to get big, just loved, you know, working out with me because I was very positive and, and had this energy and enthusiasm to, to help motivate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's just like, you were like, okay, this is where I'm channeling my energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally yeah wow so then um tell me more uh so at some point there was a transition and i know you said sort of the seven or eight years ago Mm -hmm. is when the like this path started unfolding Mm -hmm. so i would love to hear like just how that started unfolding and you know what uh yeah what really opened for you
1: absolutely so at one point um, so I've been married twice and uh both times in like full dedicated monogamy in my first marriage. I would not even look at any other women. Oh, and I like because that was just my program. I'm very passionate about like what I do. Right. And yeah,
0: you you are all in that is the thing I'm getting here. I'm like, Johnny, I, I'm the same way. Yeah,
1: a little bit eccentric. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, work very hard. I can do that in corporate America.
1: Yeah.
0: So, okay. So So,
1: my, my first wife um, had uh, a lot of anxiety and she, she left uh, my daughter and I at the time when my daughter was two years old and she got on hard drugs and just went down a, a, a pathway that was very challenging for her. And I, you know was just so in love and heartbroken and honestly went into this like wanting to kill myself or just not be alive and so it was very painful and my mind was just going berserk trying to figure things out and fix whatever i did or whatever was wrong and uh cuz i was i took kind of everything on myself like what did i do and uh just was not aware of co-creation
2: mm.
1: which uh is kind of part of the fundamental operating system of the CDOX now is that we view life that everything is a co-creation right so um yeah at that point i discovered mindfulness and because i was just constantly thinking trying to figure things out and i was identified with my mind that was a very strong left brain and started to learn to just create space around the thoughts and go into breath, bring my awareness to my feelings and yeah, create space around the identity of thoughts.
0: Okay. So essentially the marriage was over. Mm -hmm. You were in this place of like, uh, oh gosh, like Mm -hmm. what is happening? I feel really fucked up having all these thoughts. And then this
1: just like came to you or you started sort of just- through through my mom. I think she gave me a, like a CD to start listening to <laughs> or something. Yeah.
0: Okay. This is so amazing. Anytime I hear stories about people like starting to transform their lives through like books or a <laughs> CD or like uh, something, I'm just so amazed.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause I'm like, I had to go in a room full of coaches and uh-huh. like have people basically be like, your life is not working, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um wow, so tell me more about just the practices that that started coming through there.
1: So yeah, I mean it, at that point it was very minimal compared to where it's at right now because I was still in <coughs> the mentality of being a billionaire and making a lot of money and mm-hmm. and work uh, in the in the sense of how it's perceived in normal culture and uh, so, I started just releasing and surrendering and coming back to feeling and and started, you know, just through time feeling and working out my like, mental muscle, I called it. I also started to go to a psychologist actually, now I'm remembering mm-hmm. and learning, um, yeah, yeah, just more of an authentic relationship with myself through that reflection. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it took about a year of releasing energies to come back into a place of feeling somewhat stable. And then I met my second wife. (laughs) (laughs) So mind you that my first wife, uh, we connected when we were teenagers and was like the the first love I ever fell in love with. And so then we were married for eight years or so, seven years. And then the next girl I connected with, I also married.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and
1: there was a Brady Bunch family. She had a few kids.
0: Brady Bunch. (laughs) Wow. And it
1: worked. (laughs) Yeah. You know, know? and we we had a great relationship Um, and she was, really a a lot different than in my relationship with my first wife, where she was um, very strong in working and had a great um, job. Whereas my first wife, I kind of just took care of and bought her horses and, you know, Mm -hmm. just kind of like more of a homemaker. And um, so, yeah, the second wife, we were I felt more equally um, matched in like work, which Mm -hmm. was really nice. And so we had an amazing relationship uh, until my and we were Christians together in both marriages. We were Christians Mm. and I had that um, mentality and operating system. And then uh, all of a sudden, when I was 33 years old, just very odd, just short circuiting of the mind when I woke up, everything changed. I I was actually hearing voices. I was feeling things that I've never felt. And this new reality that was not real to me previously, which is a a metaphysical reality connected with beyond my very powerful mental mind that was solving problems through the ego, I started getting in touch with nature and with spirit. And it led me out of where I was into just a different reality so at that point no longer were my wife and I aligned at the time because I was I was no longer into the the philosophy of the Christian Mm -hmm. dogma because it just wasn't my reality anymore
0: Mm -hmm. what was it like to realize oh like we are not aligned (laughs) and this and like all being with like this is who I am
1: you know honestly at that point I it was I I went into a place of a very high vibration and honestly just like this bliss state for about 12 days and um at that time I also resigned from the company I was CEO of and so um you know (laughs) <laughs> that was a whole nother story of the company feeling like I went out of my mind, oh. which I, I did go out of my mind. I, I went into my feeling body. And so, uh, yeah, it, you know, I didn't realize that we were unaligned at the time and I still just was committed and wanting to make things work. And so it was actually through her separating and, uh, it, Like it was her process of coming to her truth that she wasn't aligned Mm -hmm. with me. And so I wasn't yet in touch with my emotions and my own truth yet. It wasn't until three Mm. years after that awakening that I met a sister that we had a romantic relationship or a sexual relationship with um, that she started guiding me to my own truth um, and getting in touch with my intuition because I just was out of touch with it until then.
0: Got it. So what was that three year time period like <laughs> of like, okay, I know that this reality is not my reality. I don't exactly know what the, tr- what my truth mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Tell me more about that. It was that. just
1: pure surrender. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, honestly, the voice in my head was just talking so much smack, telling me that I'm a calling me names. I'm a pussy. Get back to work. Like you're weak. Like all of these, concepts from my childhood, I feel like that made me harden were like coming back up. But somehow through this guidance and intuition, I knew just to just to love myself through it and started connecting with spiritual speakers um, like Alan Watts and um, yeah, and others. Wow just
0: loving yourself through it. Yeah.
1: I think Matt Kahn was the the biggest speaker uh, that I connected with. Just like, yeah, where, whatever is, love yourself. That shows you where you can expand compassion for yourself, whatever arises, love yourself. Mm -hmm. And that was just really a shift in my reality. Whatever
0: it is, love yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just want to like, Take that in for a minute.
3: <sighs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's the gift I needed today.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Thank
3: you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So
0: I'd love to hear about like what it was like working with those voices Mm. in your head. Because I really hear the compassion piece. But Mm -hmm. I I think this is something that so many people can relate to. It's Mm -hmm. like on a daily basis, how many thoughts do we have that are just so unkind?
1: So to bring some context to the grace that was provided to me to hold space for those thoughts um, was that I, you know, the company that I was co-founder of and CEO of, I was able to have a buyout and have enough money to um, design my life in a minimal way and to not have to worry about money. And so... I mean, I could have worried about money and try like and actually I did worry still actually in the beginning, but I had cushion and was guided to just hold space for everything and not work.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a very intense message to receive from the universe.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and it's like yeah.
0: Well, and especially when you had a history of making lots of money.
1: Yeah, and working sixty hours a week.
0: Right. Like I think there are so many people out there that like spend their lives like I'm going to work hard and hopefully make enough money. Right. right? And but like they don't even like make that like that much money. But like having a history of like oh my gosh. This is my capacity. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then letting go of that.
1: What was
0: that like?
1: Just complete surrender. There was with the amount of emotions that I had compartmentalized inside of myself. And that's the understanding of the masculine energy. We can like internalize and create these compartments inside of ourselves that we don't feel and we can disassociate from. And so I had so much energy interwoven into my being that I was not aware of all of this came up and I really had no choice but to literally all day just walk and run and and just move and over day after day and you know I you know was for the first year just waking up in panic Mm -hmm. and and just despair and um finally found a plant medicine called kratom that was super helpful um in in easing that and bringing me into some peace but you know that was you know up and down with that and but yeah just learning really to to surrender and I'm not sure exactly you know it's really the describing the indescribable and the intuitive guidance that I began to tap into leading me to just soften and, and let go. So, and then, yeah, through, I know through different audio books um, that I received through audible and was guided to find um, kind of led me into that pathway of surrender.
2: Wow.
0: And what was um. What were the people around you like <laughs> at that time?
1: Everyone cleared out of my life. Um, right. And I, I was found, you know, my life was working before and I was married and I had this. It was at this point seen in retrospect, just a very disconnected relationships compared to where I'm at right now right. and authentic relating. And so. I was just left alone to myself to mm. And, um, it took a couple of years before I actually connected with uh, what I call tribe and the new community and mm. this new, uh, energy of, of light workers that are looking to heal and, and create community through a loving place.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really amazing to me that you held this, uh, sort of uh, i'll call it a pose almost like a yoga pose you know you held the pose of surrender um you know with yourself and with spirit for several years kind of like by yourself Mm -hmm. is what it sounds like
2: Mm -hmm. wow yeah it was hell
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i mean you know one of the one of the things that i you know talk a lot about you know in my teaching and in my community is uh just surrounding yourself with people that um you know that really like believe the same things and who are also like opening their hearts and you know and their souls you know and i just hear that like that was the perfect path Mm -hmm. for your soul
1: yeah (laughs) yeah I just needed that space to feel it. And I was the only one that could do it when I was married. And, uh, I was that all of that emotions was unlocked. I was putting that unknowingly on my wife as well. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, please help me. But like I I had to do the work myself and I had to take responsibility for my entire world. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Wow. This is, um, Yeah. It just, it feels like the ultimate lesson in like really taking responsibility and just the, like, just being with yourself, learning not to, um, I, you know, I know even, I mean, I'll say for myself too, I know this is like so common for people. It's like, we look to other people to like rescue us or save us or coddle us or tell us like, it's going to be okay. And we have to be that for ourselves, first before anyone else can hold us and so it's like i just hear in your story that you took several years to like really be that right for yourself which is like wow that's a you've got a hardcore path johnny (laughs) (laughs) like i'm really i'm really getting it hmm so, um, tell us more about just like what what started unfolding next. So, sort of after this like couple years, where you were really like, okay, I'm gonna be with these voices,
1: yeah, um, clearing out the negative clearing, voices, yeah, and then getting in touch with the ones that were guidance and positive,
0: mm.
1: and one day being led to run on the beach um, and. As I was running on the beach. I looked to the right and I saw this hippie looking bearded guy, uh, like with a girl in the air on his feet. And I'm like, What is this? Like, what is going on? And you know, come to find this is acro yoga. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, What is going on here? And just the way that they were connecting was very interesting to me and like i didn't want to go say hi but like this intuition was like go say hi mm-hmm. and so that was the door that opened me into this entire new world he invited me to a little conscious gathering in ojai oh. where i met two other people where it just started to connect and network and then started developing um a business concept called Lady Harmony, which was to which is basically getting in touch with the feminine essence and connected with uh, a couple of sisters on that. And that was put on hold. And so it was like starting these seeds and designing these businesses that are like, I engineer business concepts and then following the intuition, though, as each of them were like, design than letting them go and feeling like, Oh, my ego is like, like, why are you doing this? And I felt like I had no choice and I was just following my intuition and my inspiration rather than trying to force things like I used to. Oh
0: my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. This is something, um, this is something I talk about often. And I think when people first hear this, they're like, but how (laughs) (laughs) it's like,
1: there's really no how. Mm-hmm. Just, I feel like just feeling and surrendering and fall and like trusting, like that's the guidance, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's that's what tantra is, you know. At the core, tantra is a philosophy, and it's the perception on life that everything is perfect. Now that doesn't mean that some circumstance that happens that the ego doesn't like it means that there's a gift in everything there's gold in everything and every perception of negativity is a chance for us to love ourselves more deeply and that really is the answer to us and at the studio x is the ability to just bring your presence to self and it's not about anyone else it's about holding like we have something called the trinity of awareness where we put our hands on our hearts and feel compassion and breathe in expand compassion ah, and breathe out and surrender (laughs) (laughs) and that's it it's always now that's always our choice
3: Um, wow
2: Expand surrender.
1: <laughs> yeah. Expand compassion. Just surrender and release all that doesn't serve.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious. Um, what else you've learned about surrender?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It just you know now we're you know really just on your path
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I I uh, yeah I think this is a topic I didn't know this is the thing that was going to come through but
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh we need this
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes the most courage to surrender, right? And it feels vulnerable and we can be in fear or, you know, whatever concern that there is. And uh, in our understanding of how the energy centers work, the the crown chakra is, is open through surrender and surrendering attachments to how we think life should be. And I really feel like looking at the world in a magical way versus a cause and effect way is really the conversation at the Studio X and our, and our operating system,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which... Uh, You know, it's just so counterintuitive to the ego and to culture because we are very based in this Newtonian physics of cause and effect uh, versus the quantum realm, which is that of duality or particle duality, meaning that everything is both particle and light at the same time. And when you observe something, it turns to particle. And so what the forefront of science shows us is that this is literally a holographic universe. And what we feel is matter when we zoom in deep enough, it's 99% emptiness Mm -hmm. and the things are not actually connected together. And so as we zoom out, we see these subatomic particles. We see these cells which are spinning and making the blood, all of our organs, they are working together. To make up what us, right? What we perceive as us, our body. And so as we continue to zoom out, we can see that our bodies are also connected with culture and nature. And so that is the unity that is available when we open up to that perception. And as we start dreaming and seeing a, a world of magic, then we call magic in. Mm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's just absolutely what you perceive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just, um, as you're saying this, I'm like getting all of these images uh, from my previous life in New York, mm-hmm. you know, that was just like, OK, it was like a rat race and I got to achieve this. and I got to make this money and I got to get the promotion. Mm-hmm. Oh, very little magic.
1: yeah it's a very solid like zoomed like into the ego operating and Mm -hmm. there's not space to look around at the subtle energies and really the nature of the universe is energy right and so as we attune to that we can discover how these energies are orchestrating especially between one another
0: right yeah it's i'm like this is the whole game Mm -hmm.
1: yeah (laughs) yeah And yeah. collaboration and unity as, right. as like, as I feel you and look into your eyes and feel the love. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, this is the new world right here in this discussion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then for me, it's the knowing that there is an alternative lifestyle and we are we are creating it. And it's real for us as we've anchored in this essentially a sovereignty from social impositions mm. and really honoring individual truths without imposing our own truth on another. And that so often can happen unconsciously. And so that's really why it's so important to show up for each other and reflect and to, you know, face whatever emotions that we're having because. If I am experiencing something, either it's a shadow inside of myself that I'm not seeing or, um, or a shadow inside of another. And so, you know, I could be projecting onto someone else saying like, oh, I'm feeling like you're doing this, but unless we share this and speak our truth and relate And for us, it's dissolving the right or wrong or perpetration victimhood dynamic and just coming to a common agreement of humanity to explore this shadow aspect and expand love and claim our innocence and extend it out to each other, Mm. which is this intentional community.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um I just love the, like honoring our truth without imposing Mm -hmm. it on another.
1: Yeah. So important.
0: That is an advanced practice. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would love for you to share a little bit more about that. Maybe like how that plays out Mm -hmm. um, in your relationships.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, at the core it is gaining awareness of what love actually is. And love I'm talking about agape love, Mm -hmm. unconditional love. And so counterintuitively, we must love ourselves first, you know, and and culture says, like, don't be self-serving or like yourself. Whatever that is that.
0: Right. Right. Don't be selfish. Yeah. yeah Yeah. different. we're talking about a different thing
1: a different thing yeah (laughs) that can come from like a lack-based energy trying to fulfill some sort of you know depletion inside of yourself because you're not connected with source
2: right
1: and for for me and and our our tribe that we're building the community uh love is a is a vibration it's compassion and if you put your hand on your heart there we are and you bring your awareness there and just you know you can do meditations hold space for yourself you you know maybe imagine yourself as a an infant child or your your smaller child self and just let it know it's loved it's adored it's provided for it's beautiful and you can feel this energy and those who our practice in vibrating this energy, it can be extended out to another and to be felt. And so through taking responsibility for all of our experience, when I'm triggered, whenever something happens, and I say, you are doing this, we are in the collective to remember, wait, I am experiencing a sensation of feeling this is my feeling. This is my observation of how you're showing up, and it's really using this empathic communication to reflect and to feel and ground the energies that come up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and being in an open relating, like everything comes up. Sexuality is the most powerful energy that there is, right? You know, and so there's you know just jealousy envy fear all of that is just unlocked and so you do have to be at a certain capacity to be open to be able to and have the tools to know how to navigate those emotions that come up and still be in integrity and transparency with each other and your partners
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh Like I said a few minutes ago, it is an advanced practice, (laughs) one that I am just still (laughs) every day, Mm -hmm. like working with.
1: Yeah. And there, there's baby steps, you know, and like you you can be in an exclusive monogamous relationship and still learn to open right Right. because monogamy is also a spectrum like for me when i was married the self-agreement was i'm not looking at anyone because that's a slippery slope anyone i'm attracted to yeah and then you know there's other relationships where it's like look but don't touch or whatever your agreements are that's really the conversation to come to align truth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah totally (laughs)
0: Oh, wow. I'm just like, okay, let's just digest. Let this sink in. (laughs) Oh, I love my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That I get to have a conversation like this in my little she shed. Uh, Thursday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you said something a few minutes ago, um, that I want to go back to, um, around like attuning your energy Mm -hmm. with like the magic of the universe. Mm -hmm. And, um, So again, I think that's something that people hear and they're like, okay, cool, guys. Mm -hmm. But like, what do you actually mean? Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear you just share about like how you experience that and Mm -hmm. how you actually like feel and attune yourself. And what what does that What that even means to you too?
1: Absolutely. Thanks for asking.
0: (laughs) Nine million questions (sighs) there.
1: Well, really what is coming through right now is like what, Are you, what is, what are you doing? What is everyone doing? What are we trying to do?
0: (laughs) What are we doing here? Right. That's the question. How am I here? What's happening? (laughs) What is happening? Oh my gosh, Johnny. Uh, I feel like I'm on a medicine journey right now with you. Okay. uh, Continue.
1: Welcome to the DMT realm. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we doing? So people are trying to survive. They're trying to make enough money, have the relationship, accomplish the day, or what are the goals? And and most people really aren't very specific or intentional in what their dream and goals are. And so there's just this unconscious, there's this unconscious, reactivity to to life and so for me, shifting the concept of wanting to be a billionaire like that was that was my uh,
0: you're like this is what I'm doing yeah okay now we're not doing that
1: yeah I mean well honestly yeah. though I'm still on that pathway <laughs> yeah but not as my that's primary different. motive yeah, totally my primary motive is my energy right and how I feel yeah and that's magic mm-hmm how we feel like if you think about it, if you're feeling down and out or whatever it is, you, you really can't, it's hard to do things. You gotta like muster up the strength and
0: get know. get motivated, right. people right. show up.
1: Right. And so that mindset has been dissolved in my reality. And so because I opened up to endless feminine feminine energy, endless spaciousness, as my primary goal to just be neutral. Honestly, was the first thing. Is just be okay. Like I'm just going to be with this energy, and then eventually, as I felt and released, I started becoming more joyful. And eventually, when I was at a certain vibration to be able to get in touch with yoga, with asanas and stretching and dance, and then into tai chi and qigong, uh, I started cultivating again a very eccentric. Uh, experience and time space allocation into these practices to attune to my energy and then learn to essentially alchemize pain into pleasure, distorted energy, such as grief or shame or guilt into love or sometimes utilizing anger because anger or rage is a higher vibration than despair and grief and guilt. And not, you know, using it like in a negative way of projecting on other people, but harnessing it with inside myself and going on a run and using it and pushing myself through my will. Mm -hmm. And so through an expansion of mindfulness and energy mastery, essentially, which is the exploration of our our somatics and through embracing sensations rather than resisting because that's the, the trick, right? We, we deem through our mind something is wrong or bad and we re- resist it. So rather surrendering and embracing it and feeling it and breathing, we then can learn a way to master our emotions into a higher state of joy and pleasure and peace
2: mm-hmm.
1: and create from there. Deep
0: feeling, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of feelings,
1: and yeah, Alisa yeah. has been our our leader and and like mentor in that. In this, just very deep, emotional, transparent, raw, and like I mean, it's, this isn't a bad word. Egoic, like her identity, she mm-hmm. is so pure in and innocent that she's extended that out to us to show us our mm. innocence.
0: Oh, yeah. That is so beautiful. Wow. I love that. Oh, so I think, I think maybe one of the last things I just want to talk a little bit about is, uh, I'm sure people are like, wait, Kaylin, hold on a second. So you interviewed these two women a few weeks ago. John is in a relationship with them and Sky as well. Like, what's the, what's the deal? <laughs> people are like, what? tell me more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I would just love to hear like, what's it like to hold three women?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So Elisa, Hannah and I are in a, uh, living together business creation and sexual relationship and they are very sexually active and we have mm-hmm. a very strong chemistry together and so um you know we share primarily sexuality together and mm-hmm. we also are open in our sexual uh in mostly a non-penetrative way yeah. with sky but still play together and
2: mm-hmm.
1: i support all of them, not only in approach, um, processing emotions in our own relating, but also with the men that they serve, because they primarily do men's work. Mm-hmm. And so engaging in a sexually open and heart open way with men, not meaning that they're having sex with them, right. but they're cultivating sexuality, playing, flirting, and and using that energy for healing and empowerment. And as they do that, you know uh energies come up and men are a little bit out of their like integrity with their their own feminine so you know they often are coming at them in a a way that doesn't feel good and not in touch with their emotions and so um yeah it's it's a lot and it's my full-time dedication And, and again like all of this crazy energies, like I'm utilizing it to work out my emotions Mm. and my growth with inside of myself to be more empowered as I choose that. Mm.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so along with all of the craziness, there's a lot of pleasure. (laughs) You know, they go (laughs) hand in hand.
0: Yeah. It's (laughs) like, if you're willing to really like do the, do the work to be with yourself and see yourself and see your patterns and and really know like oh what is that what is pleasureful for my body mm-hmm. you know you get to have it yeah
1: wow. so yeah i mean the you know the elephant in the room or so to speak or like how do i sexually please hannah and elisa uh-huh. and as them being very activated embodied women Um, I I practice, (laughs) I practice semen retention and, Uh and edging. And, uh, because of my capacity to feel and my intensity, I have essentially, well, with them mastered my ejaculation. I don't know how it is with other partners, because even though we're open, I'm actually 99.9% exclusive with them. Yeah, We're open, but it's just, our lifestyle is very unique and, um, yeah, yeah, not many people yeah. can enter into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it's uh, you know in, in the world, right? Men, I, I imagine, like men here, oh yeah, like polyamory, having a few women. Oh, this just sounds so <laughs> so luxurious and amazing. And my reaction to that is like, do you understand what it takes to yeah. hold multiple women? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> like to actually um, to do it well. Mm-hmm. Like it takes something.
1: Right. Well, this is my full time job. I don't have another job. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes that dedication, right? And aptitude and fortitude. Mm-hmm. You know yeah and these these are magical tools that we've all co-created and channeled together. We have the open relating cookbook. We have a whole academy on tools that allow us to get in touch with these emotions and to process them and to show up for each other in in tribe and agape yeah. love.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the very last thing I want to ask you before I have you share a little bit more about Studio X and how people can um, find you and get in touch with you. um, What do you want? Like, what do you want men to know?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very broad question. Well, honestly, the first thing that comes through is that embracing your femininity does not make you less masculine. Mm -hmm. and in actuality and well you have to know what femininity means and the attributes of yin energy you can do a google on yin energy that's more specific and you can see the attributes you know it's it's spaciousness. It's in a way of it's the, the, the down, not the up it's, it's this place of nurturing and it's, you know, it's gooey, not prickly. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. And so as we cultivate that feminine energy inside of ourselves and it's a vibration again, uh, we can nurture our masculine. And as we move forward in masculine and emotions are triggered that You know, occur in the co creation between whoever we're attracted to, those emotions that come up, then we utilize the feminine energy to hold space for those, ground it, and come back into our masculine as inspired to move forward. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: So, vulnerability and just being in touch with your emotions and sharing your experience rather than trying to solve the problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. we all need to hear that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Such a gift, just um, feeling you.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, I would love um, for you to share a little bit about um, what you all are up to at Studio X. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anything that you want to share about that and just sort of um, how people can can find you and, and uh, connect with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On the, on the path. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thestudiox.com is our website. And each of the Tantrikas have their own individual landing page. And this is a collective effort. And um yeah, it's uh it's about building community and experiencing the service-oriented, heart-centered way of living. And it's really you know, no matter how much I speak about it until it's experienced, it's not really understood completely. And we're further understanding it in a deeper level as we really explore our humanity in this way that we're discussing. And so, um, yeah, connect with us online and through the website, there's links to all of our different social media channels. Uh, we have a only fans replacement app that we are building. And oh. yeah, so it's, um, there's a lot of good stuff going on. We're looking for people to collaborate with and just really open up the conversation. Like we're having today.
0: Oh, so, Gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> oh Johnny, thank you so much uh, for being here. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, just so grateful to like be connected to you, you know, and, and sort of have you as, uh, as a rock in the Santa Barbara community.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Caitlin.
0: Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> All right. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.